Good morning, church. Happy Easter. How's everybody? Good to see you. Welcome to Easter Sunday at North Star. We're so glad that you're here. North Star is the place where everybody's welcome and nobody's perfect and anything is possible. And so we're, we're glad that you're here. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, I love Easter for many reasons. I've just got this wild ADD thought going through my head. On one particular Easter, I was sporting a cares, I can't even say it, a cashmere jacket. It was nice. And uh, I was proud of it, you know, on Easter Sunday. And uh, I was standing out in the parking lot greeting folks as they came in. And uh, a guy said, nice jacket. Thanks. I was really proud of it, you know. He said, that's new, isn't it? I said, yeah, how, how did you know? He said, the tag's still on it. <laughs> Let me make sure. Good to see you. Uh, welcome to church. Uh, we exist as a church so that those that are far from God would draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. It is our vision at North Star to glorify God. Uh, more than anything else that we do, we want our lives to glorify him, but we believe in glorifying him by making disciples of all nations, of all nations. And so today as we get into the word, I'm excited to bring this message. I, I, I do want to tell you what's coming up though. What's coming up uh, starting next week is, is a mini-series uh, on the last days. Ooh, I'm pumped about that. When is Jesus coming again? Do you believe Jesus is coming again? Well, uh, we're going to talk about when that is and what that looks like and what we need to be doing. And so that series will begin next week. We also welcome those that are joining us online, either live today or at some future date. We're glad to have you as a part of our service. And we welcome folks at both our Saltillo campus and our Tupelo campus. Give God a praise clap today. If you're... If you are new to North Star, there's a, a booklet at our guest services at both of our campuses, and it tells a little bit about who we are as a church. It tells you um, our core values, which, by the way, pretty soon we're going to be uh, doing a series of messages working through our core values because they are biblically based. But if you want more information about North Star, please pick one of these up and uh, read about us. And if there's any way we could ever answer any questions, we feel free uh, to ask. Now, our text today is found in the book of Mark. We're going to get there eventually, but I want to begin today with a book, with a passage of scripture from the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8, because I, I believe this passage will help us to understand that we have a destiny. And this is actually the destiny that God has for your life if you choose to accept it. You may have come today to our service wondering, I, I wonder what God really wants to do in my life. I, I'm not a very spiritual person, or maybe you are a believer, and you're, you're wondering, well, what does God want to, to do? What does he want to see happen in my life? Romans chapter 8 says in verse 11, and if the Spirit of Him, can I get an amen on this Easter morning? The Spirit of Him 
who, that's God, who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Now understand that he's writing to Christ followers. He's writing to people that had, had come out of the darkness into the light. And he said, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. And so what he's saying is, if you are a Christ follower, or, or today, if you become a Christ follower, the very spirit that, was, that raised him from the dead, the very power that raised Jesus from the dead on Easter Sunday, remember, it was Friday, and now it's Sunday. Uh, it, it, Friday, but Sunday's coming, well, Sunday's here. The difference, what made the difference in Good Friday was that Sunday came. And so what he's telling us that about our destiny, his purpose for your life, he is saying that if you know Christ, then living in you is the same resurrection power. There is nothing that you can't conquer. There's no problem that God cannot solve because it is at our impossibilities that God really gets to work. You may be facing something today that seems impossible. Well, God is the God of possibilities. And this is what I know uh, about Easter Sunday. Easter, you don't just have to celebrate Easter. You can actually experience Easter. Isn't that something? It's the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that lives in you. And maybe there are some dead places in your life. Well, on this Easter Sunday, let me be the very first to tell you, I'm, this is the second time I'm telling you, that you don't just have to celebrate Easter and clap and amen. As a Christ follower, you, bless God, can experience Easter. And you know why? It's because of his love. If, you're, if, if you want to turn to this passage, it's in the book of Romans chapter 5. It's one of my favorite verses. It's, it's a life verse for me, which means I use it in my life. I use it a lot. He writes and he says, but God demonstrates the King James Version says, commendeth. When I memorized this many years ago, that's how I memorized it. But God demonstrates, he showed, he revealed his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see what Easter does? Easter bridges the gap for us. There's a, a chasm that we cannot cross. God is here and we are here. And what Easter does, it bridges that gap so that we can go to the other side. Amen? And it's because of his love. He revealed, he demonstrates his love for us. I like to look at, the, look at this through the lens of the church. 
When you look at God's purpose for your life through, through the lens of, of the church, it's the church is, is here to, to help you, to know, to help you to, to know the way to go. And so as I, as I look at God's purpose and his destiny through the lens of the church, I, I look at myself as a tour guide. I'm the senior pastor, but uh, you can start calling me, you call me T anyway, but T can stand for tour guide. And what I'm doing, I'm just, I'm just guiding you. I'm just, all of our pastors, we're just guiding you from where you are to where you need to be. And because of Jesus and because of the resurrection, because he, he died on Friday and he rose on Sunday, because of that, we sense and we feel and we can experience his love. Did you know that God's love is relentless? He's, it's relentless. He's, he's constantly pursuing us. He's constantly chasing us. In fact, you're here today because God is pursuing you. Maybe you, you received an invite card. Maybe you saw a sign. Maybe you saw a post. Well, that's God's love. And God even sent his son, Jesus, to get your attention. That's right. You're not here today by accident. You're here because of God's love. He demonstrates his love for us. Have you ever thought about why we celebrate Easter? Well, the obvious reasons, right? Of course. It was Friday, now Sunday. Jesus rose from the dead. On the cross, he conquered uh, sin. He, on the cross, he, he took every sin, past, present, future, Maybe you're listening today and you're thinking, well, I, I could never be good enough to be a Christian. Well, I've got good news for you. I've got bad news. You'll never be good enough. But the good news is there's, you can't be good enough to go to heaven. It's, the good news is the gospel, that God so loved the world that he sent his son to the earth to bridge the great divide, to bridge the gap. You ever thought, why, why do we celebrate Easter? Did you know that on this morning, Easter morning, around 2.4 billion, give or take a million or so, 2.4 billion people are doing the same thing that we are doing at our, at our church, at both of our campuses. They're, they're celebrating the risen Lord. Now, it, it's, we celebrate it because he did what nobody else has ever done. He did what nobody else could do. I mean, if you think about it, you think about, you look in the grave of Muhammad, man, he's still in there, wrapped up. He's still there. You look in the, the grave of Buddha, extra large, uh, but, but you, you open it up and he's, he's, he's all wrapped up in there in, in burial clothes, Confucius. Still confused, but he's still in the grave because only Jesus rose from the dead. But God demonstrates his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And you know what that tells us? It tells us that he doesn't just say, I love you, because he did. He proved that he loved us. He didn't just say that he loves us, but he proved it. And so, uh, the, we're going to read the scripture in just a minute, but... Jesus died, they, they went to the tomb, 
They, they couldn't go on the Sabbath, which was Saturday, by the way. They couldn't go on the Sabbath, so uh, they went early one Sunday morning. The, the, the ladies went to the tomb, and they were a little bit worried about it because uh, there was a big rock, a big stone that was rolled there. And when they got there, they, they were really surprised, and jot, jot this one down. Nobody was expecting nobody in the tomb. Did you get that? I worked all week on that. Show me some love. I mean, the, the, the truth is, is there, though. Nobody was expecting nobody, nobody in the tomb. They, they were expecting that the rock would have to be rolled away, and then they, they were going to anoint the, the dead body uh, for burial. Nobody was expecting that there would be no dead body <laughs> in, in, in the tomb. You know what that tells me? Uh, it reminds me that the rock, the stone, was rolled away. Don't you imagine those women were worried about that? How the guard was going to uh, react because they had just seen their Savior crucified and, and now they, you know, they were heartbroken, heart-stricken, and the, the, they they were worried about who was going to move the tomb and uh, move, move the stone from the tomb. And they got there and it was already moved. Maybe you feel that way about some things in life. Maybe you're like some, those women early that morning as they went worrying about what they were going to do at the tomb. But it, it was already taken care of. And the good news for us, no matter what you're facing, sickness, death, I mean, I don't look forward to death. You know, I think the thing about death is, is how we're going to die. Are we going to be an embarrassment to ourselves while we're dying? You know, I, that's only, I, but I'm not fearing death. Because when I die, church, listen to me. When I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm not ready to go there this minute. I'd like, I'd like to finish this talk. But, but, you know, God is greater than death. God is greater than your problems. God is greater than disease. God is greater than a broken relationship. And he's just waiting to move some stones in your life. And this is what I know, is that God, and, and only God, can take what looks like the end and turn it around and make it the beginning. God can, can take what looks like the end and make it the introduction for your life. Can I get an amen, church, to that? Praise God. Well, the passage is in uh, Mark, Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. If you'll take your Bibles and turn over there, I, I want to read a few of these passages. The, the women uh, had gone, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, they brought spices so they might go and anoint the body of Jesus. So very early on the first day of the week, the Bible says, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And this is where we pick up verse 3. And they ask each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? I'm telling you, it was a 3,000-pound problem that they had. Uh, they said, who's going to do it? Who's going who's to help us here? And then verse 4, it says, but when they looked up, they saw the stone 
which was very large, had been rolled away. Amen to that. And the same God who rolled that stone away is the same God that will help you and help me in the problems of our lives. You know what the, the, the women were going to do? They were going to the tomb to anoint the body, to perform a ritual, but God wanted them to experience a miracle. And did you know that today God wants you to experience that same kind of miracle? Did you know today that God, while maybe we're here to perform a ritual, that God wants to perform a miracle in your life? Some of you would say, Pastor Terry, I need a miracle. This relationship, it's on the rocks. There is no hope. There is no hope for us. I'm telling you, there's hope in Jesus Christ. Don't give up. Don't give out. So, well, I'm, I'm facing some issues at work. Well, God's greater than your work. <laughs> He's greater than that issue that you're facing. So, Pastor Terry, I, I'm, I can't find, seem to find my purpose in my place. I want to tell you something. God has a purpose and a place for you. And just as he worked a miracle on that Easter morning in the resurrection of Jesus, he wants to work a miracle in your life. Verse 5 says, And they entered the tomb. They saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Listen to this. This is my favorite part. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Verse 7 says, but go and tell his disciples. Now, if you just read through this kind of quickly, uh, you might miss this. But go tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as you told. Just as he told you. I like what it says. Go, go tell the disciples and Peter. Go tell the disciples and Peter. And what that says to me, Peter was one of the disciples. So why does it say and Peter? Well, Peter was feeling kind of low right now. Peter had denied the Lord three times. Denied even knowing him. And Jesus was concerned about Peter. He's concerned about you. It also tells me that he knows our name. Go, I want the disciples to know that I've been risen. But be sure to tell Peter. Peter's beating himself up. Maybe you're thinking, God doesn't even know me. I'm telling you, God knows you. He knows your name. He knows the burden that you're carrying. He knows the, the, the difficulties that are in your life. And he's calling you today by name. He's been pursuing you relentlessly. And he knows you. In the gospel of John, 
You say, what, what do I need to do? You, you're telling me all this stuff. So, so what do I need to do? John chapter 6. Jesus answered, verse 29. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Did you know that Jerusalem had a population of about 100,000 people? And then after the resurrection, before Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days, uh, he, he made certain appearances to over 500 di different people at different times in different places. Uh, he, he appeared to the disciples. They, were, they had tuck tail and run. They, they were in the upper room with the doors locked because <laughs> they thought they killed Jesus. They're coming after us. And Jesus appeared to them. He just walked through the wall. Didn't even use the door. Just whoop, just came through. And uh, the ladies, when they went to tell, they gathered up their robes. I've never wore robes, but this is what I think they did. And they held it up and they started running to go tell the disciples. So what does God want us to do? To believe. To put your trust in Jesus. It's not anything that you can do on your own. It's to, it's to trust Jesus. When you do, when you believe, when you give your heart to Christ, two things happen. Are you ready? Number one, your past is forgiven. Every sin that you've ever committed, every wrong thought, every wrong word, every wrong attitude, every mistake that you've ever made, God forgives you. In Acts, he writes and he says, all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Amen, church? Your past is forgiven. He, he takes your life from the ashes and he works something beautiful in your life. Romans chapter 3, verse 22. Oftentimes we quote verse 23, but listen to verse 22. The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The second thing, not only is your past forgiven, but your future is rewritten. Your future is rewritten. He repurposes the ruin of your life. You say, Pastor T, I, I have made a lot of mistakes. I don't see how God could love me. I listen to you. I, I know what you say. I hear what you're saying, but I just don't know. I've made a mess out of my life. Or, or maybe you haven't really made a mess of your life. You just have given your life to Christ. The Bible says that our lives without him is ruins. But with him, he brings beauty. I want you to listen to this story and listen really carefully. See what God has to say to you through it.
Hi, my name's Corey. Born and raised in Tupelo my whole life. I grew up in Tupelo, Mississippi. Product of a great family. Been around the church my whole life. Was born and raised by wonderful people who love God, find examples uh, in my life. And I began to walk uh, and go to church and be involved in church. Uh, go to Christian summer camps, active in the youth, just lots of things throughout my life and thought I knew what that meant. It seems the older you get, the further I grew away from God. And then I hit my teenage years and well, I guess I just didn't have time for God anymore. And I began to live a life that I saw fitting for me. I began to, to, to live out the, the desires of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, the, the sin-filled life that was pleasing to my fleshly body, the things that were fun for the moment, countless addictions, uh, just a lifestyle that, that never had no end. I became enslaved by sin to the point that I had no control over what I did. And that led me down a, a spiral that, that I never thought was going to end. It's like a staircase you keep going down and you never find the end. You just keep going down and down and down. I hit the bottom. And when I got to that bottom step, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to make it. I got to that point in my life where there was no point to live, there was no reason to go on, my life was lost. And then God stepped in. I've been in church my whole life, but I've never been of the church. I've known about God, but I've never known God. And that's what truly changed that day. When I finally hit that lowest point, when I finally hit that rock bottom and I understood and I knew that everything that I had heard, all these people talking about my entire life was actually true. That, that moment, that epiphany moment, that, that light bulb moment when you know that, that God is real and that He loves you and that He will, he will do anything for you, that, that, he sh that He gave the ultimate gift, that He sent His Son to die on a cross so that you wouldn't have to be a slave to sin. And in that time, I began to realize that just because I didn't love God, that didn't mean that God didn't love me. And I came across one day a scripture that changed my life. It says that, and you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in his mercy, because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. There are two words that can 
summarize the entirety of the gospel, the entirety of God's love, and that is but God. You know, I, I chose to, to live a life of sin, but God had other plans for me. I chose to push myself to the point that there was no, there was no coming back, but God had plans for me. I got to a point in my life that I didn't care about God or even love God, but God loved me even more. I got to a point to where I was so enslaved and imprisoned by my, by my sin that there was, there was no turning back. But God is stronger than sin. And God saved me. Once you truly come to that moment in life, understand and comprehend and you have that that overwhelming sense of peace and love and joy that totally consumes you that you don't have to go that far to know that there is someone there with his hand out you don't have to walk down that path you don't have to continue that way you can stop now before you get to the point that I was at Sometimes in the commotion of today's life, it's such a fast-paced life that we can't see and understand where we're at, what we're going through because of the momentum and the speed of things. So God decided to slow down my path so that I can stop and see and understand where I was at in my life. God's there for you with open arms, waiting for you back and, and I just I thank God for it every day. It took me losing everything I had to understand what I truly needed. Maybe that's what needs to happen in your life. Beauty or ashes. Because God loves you. And he cares for you. And he wants a relationship with you. That's why he's been chasing you, pursuing you. I want us to bow our heads together, every head bowed and every eye closed. If today God has spoken to your heart and he's drawn you, drawn you to himself, would you put your trust in him? The Bible says, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved say Terry how do I do that it's from your heart it's, it's a decision you have to make I can't make it for you the church can't make it for you but if you're ready today to take that step of faith and repentance from your heart say this to him dear God I'm a sinner that needs a savior I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and he rose again on Easter. Today, this day, I turn, I repent of my sins and I turn to you, Lord. And I put my trust totally in you. I invite you into my life. I follow you today as my Lord. Now, if, you, if you prayed that prayer and made that declaration and made that decision say another prayer 
of thanksgiving. God, thank you for doing for me what I could not do for myself. The heads are still bowed, eyes are still closed. I'm going to ask that no one's moving around or looking. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or put you on the spot in any way, but with heads bowed, if you made that decision today, you prayed that prayer, I want you to raise your hand up and put it back down. Nobody else is looking, just me. Raise it up and put it back down. I see you. I see you. Others, just raise it up until I see you and then put it back down. I'm not going to single you out. If you prayed that prayer today for the very first time, raise your hand and put it back down. Raise it. Raise it and put it back down. Raise it up. Anyone else? I see you. Anyone else? Raise your hand and put it back down. Praise God for you that you made that decision. There are many Christ followers in the room, but maybe today your heart is heavy or burdened. Please remember that that same power that rose, that caused Jesus to come out of that grave is the power living in you as a Christ follower. But if you say, Pastor Terry, would you pray for me? Because I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. All across the, the room, if you, if you want me to pray for you, say, Pastor, I have a need in my life. Just raise your hand. Put it back down. I see you. I see the hands all over the room. Anyone else? Just pray for me, Pastor Terry. Father, in the name of Jesus, I do pray for these that have raised their hands and others. I pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, you would help them with what they're facing in life, whether it's relationally or financially or emotionally or at work or a decision that needs to be made or a sickness. I pray for them, dear God. God, we love you and thank you for your love for us. Because your love is relentless and you care so much about us. Now one last thing, every head is still bowed. If you did pray that prayer and make that decision, I want to ask that you do something before you leave today. There's a, a perforated portion of the listening guide that you received when you came in today. Would you fill that out? You can do one of two things. If you would bring it to guest services, we have a, a special book that we want to give you that will help you live the Christian life. But if you don't bring that to guest services, you can put it in the, the offering buckets at the front or in the back. But let us know that on this Easter Sunday that you invited Jesus into your heart. Father, thank you for these final moments of worship we thank you that you are risen from the grave and that we have victory in Christ Jesus we pray this today in Jesus name